0: Listen, I took my love and I took it down. <laughs> I climbed a mountain and I turned around. And then you wouldn't believe it, I saw my reflection in the snow-covered hills till the landslide brought me down. Beautiful. Thank Perfect. you.
1: Maybe we should just skip our regular intro and just have that as <laughs> you <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly.
2: I'm Indy.
1: I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're reading Chapter 10 of Battle Magic.
2: So grab a cup of coffee.
3: Or tea. Or your drink of choice.
0: And let's uh, uh, have the landslide bring me, me down.
1: So it opens with around. them just like riding on right Yeah. they're kind of trying to keep an eye on the road to in case there are more people who want to kill them yeah. and of course there are at some point
0: yeah they run into a company of soldiers on the road so they like try to get out of the way and then they have uh they run into like a little squad of mages above them and then evie and rose Sworn do their thing and fuck them up and after those mages are dead, the rest of the company comes up and then they're rescued by the Gyeong, Gyeongshin, Gyeong-shin warriors? warriors. Yes. Yeah. Then they ride their ponies and then they go into a garrison and that's kinda of, kinda of it. There's also sadness and vomiting and trauma.
2: Rosethorn being an absolute savage.
1: We we kinda we meet the leaders of the Gyeongshin forces, I believe.
2: Captain Raina?
1: And General Serugo? Yes. Or do we not meet her yet?
2: We don't meet her yet, but. We hear about her. Yeah.
1: Yes. Spoilers, it's a she.
2: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think I it think... says. A okay. woman in armor? They
0: in a Taylor are... Pierce book? <laughs> I know.
1: It's oh. not like her most famous series is literally about a woman in armor. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, don't know about, I don't know about all that.
1: <laughs> you don't, because you haven't read them yet. <laughs> <laughs> Part one of our three-step reading process is reading like a novice. This is where we talk about what we liked and didn't like about the chapter. Um, My first
3: one is a dislike. I had wondered if uh, Evie ever had to kill anybody before she met Rose Thorn and Briar. And it was confirmed that she had. So that was kind of sad. I was hoping that that was not the case. But uh, it is. So that's kind of sad because she's 12 Mm -hmm. in this book. Yeah, and she. Not, I don't. How long have they been traveling together? Just a few months, right? Well, she, so, they, no, they. No, because she's, she's ten in Street Magic, mm-hmm. so at yeah, least a year, probably. So she's killing people at ten and younger. That's great.
2: It is stated that it was essentially in self-defense
3: yeah of course obviously but it's still right. kind of saddening uh yeah. a 10 year old or younger has to protect herself out on the streets and killing people that's that's so sad Yep. yeah um uh, my next one is a like um when evie says i don't like killing people like that good <laughs> you shouldn't like killing people that, that's really good and uh Rose Thorn reassuring her saying, "Hey, none of us likes doing it." Uh you do realize that uh even Briar has nightmares about this. Nobody likes it. And was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I I didn't think of that. Like, you're right." So I hate that
1: she says I don't like killing people as if she thinks it's a weakness.
3: Mm-hmm. I know. It's
1: like, no, that, I mean, that she, actually is a strength that you don't like killing people.
3: Yeah. Well, she did grow up on the street, so I mean I get why she would see that as a
2: weakness. So yeah. it's um, was, like it makes it makes it kind of look like she's not capable of defending herself because she doesn't like doing that, right? Kinda, like, Especially in the con-
0: this. in this context of them being in a fight.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like she's it's, doing it, but she's not.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. I really like that Rose Thorn tells her. You aren't weak because you threw up. You're human. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Rose Thorn, you're so good. Rose Thorn, laying down truths. Mm-hmm. My next one, very relatable. Um, Evie thinks to herself, it wasn't fair that men didn't have to twist themselves into knots to pee. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they just have to stand up and whip it out. Or they're good to go. We are like, do all this shit. All right. Squat down. I like, have to make sure no one's around the Uh-uh. It's a big, it's an ordeal. My next one is when <clears> Rose <throat> Thorn is like, My boy's restless. Not you, Briar. My mount. I don't think he likes what he smells on the wind. I'm like, Oh, she calls him her boy again. I but love not- it. I have to love not you not you my horse okay I have different boys not just you (laughs) (laughs) so cute (laughs) she also calls Evie her boy
0: (laughs) that's her only term of endearment that's all she knows
3: my next one is when Rose Thorn tells Evie uh, Evie, your chickens must take a nap. Talking about her cats, mm. like oh the chickens have to go to sleep. <laughs> My next one, I just like the description of this. When Evie's doing some of her magic, it says inside her head she could feel the stones in the cut between the two hills giggle as they shifted and slid. Like ah, the rocks are giggling. They're like oh, we've never felt this before. What is this? This is fun.
0: actually actually enjoying it which is
3: like oh we don't have to just tumble we're getting like pushed around with magic this is a cool feeling who knew rocks had feelings Mm evie yeah my next one is a dislike because when we meet these Warriors from Gionchi? The captain says, the first dedicate has anticipated you. He waits at Fort Sambatu at the end of this gorge, our home base. And Rose Thorn's like, a fort? Not the temple? So I don't trust them. I think something fishy's going on. This is weird. How do they know without being told and then they're like, oh, we've been waiting on you. How did they know that Rose Thorn was going to show up? It's all very suspicious. I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. Especially with like the wanted posters too. Did they find out that way? And if Leishi's <laughs> armies have already
0: Indian Molly have had an abs are having an absolute blast right now, Whoa. just for everyone that can't see really? the video. They are and cracking Way-shoes up
3: army, they said that they got everybody rounded up, put away, but yet these people are out, and the god king knows, and the first dedicate is like, they know something's not adding up here I don't know, I'm very suspicious, I don't like it, I don't like it so, dislike
0: I think having a dedicate at a Fort makes sense since they have magic.
3: I know, and... but they stated they rounded everyone up. They rounded everyone up, and they can't contact anybody. That's why Roselorn had to physically go there because they can't talk to anybody. And yet now, First Dedicate Doki and the God King are just—they're just out like. I I think they had an inkling.
0: Up. I think I think they had an idea something was going to happen. Now, whether or not they knew, and they figured Grosom would come back because of her obligations. But I, I, I don't know if it's like necessarily a bad thing that they did, but maybe they were just saying, oh, if, if she happens to see info on the king and then bad things happen, she's going to come up here, right? So maybe she'll give us some info. I don't know.
3: Uh, I don't know. I'm very suspicious of these people. I don't trust them. I don't trust them.
0: I don't know. It's I think I trust dangerous. I trust them more than the emperor, but not.
3: Well, no. obviously, yes, we trust them more than the emperor, but I don't know. I feel like they might be in cahoots with them. I don't know. Like, oh, we're gonna die anyway. You, uh, Weishu has all these armies, and we're just a tiny little country. So,
0: I don't know. I I I think they were expecting her to come back so they she can help them. Maybe. I
3: don't know. Something's not we'll, we'll adding see. up for me. I, I, I don't know. I don't trust it. I don't trust it.
0: Man, usually I'm the paranoid one. This is
3: I don't trust what,
0: a, it. what a flip.
3: Um, with, my next one is a lie. I don't, I don't know. It's whatever. Um, Rose Thorn lets Briar know, oh, hey, you could have uh, used the cotton in their necklaces too. And he's like, oh okay so i don't know if i really like that it's just interesting that he didn't realize that he could have done it and he's surprised that Rosethorn did
2: rose uh, thorn just being an absolute savage right? going, yeah, i can do that you could but, do it
3: too you could do it too because <laughs> uh, she's like they truly don't understand ambient magic because he's like you they just let you do it and she's like yeah because they don't understand our magic you know this you could have done this too yay awesome my next one is uh i liked that it's a little bit more world building of uh briar and evie wanted to go through the enemy's mage kits and rose thorn reminds him hey we put booby traps on ours why wouldn't you think that they wouldn't do the same thing to theirs and he's like you know what you're right so i thought that was pretty cool world building um because I don't think we've ever really touched on them ever booby-trapping their uh, mage it's, kits. I mean, it's, it's kind of hinted at, but it's not yeah. like
2: I know that specifically in... I think
3: they said it's something about Sandries.
2: There's commentary on Sandries, because mm-hmm. when Briar does his tattoos... Also, mm-hmm.
3: Daja's in The
1: Will of the Empress. because She there tells her is- maid something.
2: Yeah. And then there's uh, a mention of it in Street Magic, because he was like, never touch this. I'm the only one who can do this. You grab it from here specifically. <laughs> Don't do it. But I think that's about as much as we get.
3: Um, My next one is when they get to camp, Parahant and Briar wrap Rosethorn and Evie in blankets and prop them in front of the fire. Like, oh, they're so sweet. Here you go, Your little bundles. Put y'all in front of the fire. Here you go. I know y'all are tuckered out. Y'all did a lot of magic today. Oh, they're,
0: they're just... sleepy. They're, they're
3: sleepy. sleepy. They're so oh, it's, it's... All the care that they put for each other—it's so sweet. Um, I like that. Um, a lot of women serve in the army. I think that's really cool.
0: We love strong women.
3: Mm-hmm. Cause I know was it I also wrote that down. Kenbob uh, Ken Bob removed his helmet to free a tumbling waist length braid of black hair. He grinned at uh Briar's obvious surprise. Like, yes. Gone. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I wrote, Woo, women in the army. Yeah. And bubble some bubble. of them even stay after they get married, too. So that's pretty
2: cool. Doesn't say it's probably really uncommon in other areas, especially like when we see how Triss and Sandry were both raised. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's probably not a lot that have women in the army. Period. Much less women of higher ranking.
3: My next one is when the cats are waking up. It says that Monster sticks his head through the opening in the side of his carrier and squeaks. For a large cat, he had a very tiny voice.
2: It's Mordred. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. And Raz. Uh, Raz gets loud.
1: It, it's oh, like I was. Santiana. So when it said Digital. tiny voice, I was thinking high pitch. Because Raz mm. is like this big, meaty sucker. And then he's like. Oh. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, like, Mordred's very much the same. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: And then um, my I thought of my mom's cat, stupid cat, because stupid cat was pretty
3: big, but literally squeaked. So cute. And then Briar just grins at him and is like, you don't hold a grudge, do you, old man? She's really digging it in, like, oh, love these cats. I love these cats. They're all good. They're all gonna die. Love them so much, so it hurts you even more when they
0: pass. Not gonna happen. Not happen. All right.
3: Whatever you say, nope, Goodwin.
0: No, nope, not happening. All
1: right. Goodwin will single-handedly save the cats.
0: I will jump in. When the book. we
1: get to the part where they're going to be killed, Goodwin, it's just gonna be like, and then Goodwin Gifford appeared in a flowing cape and scooped them away. Yes. And adopted them all. And then we're going right go to go to his the, house. Into the
2: woods, and yeah. he's and gonna there's just going to be eight, like nine cats <laughs> now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My last one is these mountains weren't like any others they had seen. Hmm, I wonder why. Could it possibly be Luvo? They meet Luvo here. Big, and big mountain. She gets, the, the mountains were singing to her and she just was enthralled. It was chased. Chasing after the singing of the mountains, and was tripping people with rocks. So they were, it was calling to her. Like, it's Luvo, it's fucking Luvo. We're gonna get Luvo with this book. I'm so excited.
0: I'd be surprised if we see the gummy bear before like the last like two or three chapters.
3: He's gonna, he has to show up at some point in this book. He has to, yeah, he has to. If we don't get him like within at least the last couple chapters. He's gonna. He has to be here somewhere. somewhere.
0: Mm. I mean, this is where he comes from.
3: This is where he comes from. And the mm-hmm. mountains are singing to her. Why else would they be singing to her? There's the god singing to her. He's going to come out of his mouth and go, like, me me. Here I am, the gummy bear. Luba. I
0: imagine him just like popping out of the sun. Like just like bouncing.
3: Down, no. just I'm excited to see him. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I already mentioned
1: this but i'm just going to reiterate in the will of the empress i mentioned this in the last episode in the will of the empress everybody wants tris to do battle magic but all of these kids have battle magic capabilities
3: yep we definitely discussed that last episode for yep. sure and
1: then i wrote the whole paragraph on page 172 evie yanked her hands up Rocks flew into the air above the ridge. The archers dropped their bows as they covered their eyes with their hands. She tugged her hands forward. The mages had protected themselves from the airborne stones, but it was another matter to have the ground pull away from their feet. They stumbled, trying to stay upright. Something was going wrong with the long strings of beads in their hands. They twisted together around the mage's wrists, binding them like rope. The loops of beads around each mage's neck spun swiftly, winding tighter and tighter, strangling the wearer. The mages struggled to pull their traitor necklaces away from their necks without success. Their faces got redder and redder as they fought to breathe. And then, right under that I wrote, "'Remind me not to piss these folk off.'" As Parahan said in a previous chapter, you could kill a man with those.
0: And they do. And they did.
1: And they did. Um, I love the orange crossbow bolts that people like Evie thinks that they're on fire at first and then realizes, oh no, they're just bolts. But at first thinks they're flaming, which is fantastic. It actually reminds me of twice now in the last week I was driving around sunset and I grew up in New Mexico where forest fires are a major issue. And like, like I know people whose houses have been burned down because of forest fires. So when I see fires on the side of the road, I freak out. Um, even when they're like controlled, like I'm always like, I slow down or I pull over to like, make sure that somebody's watching them or like to, to see if they're like controlled in some way. Um, but uh twice in the last week I've been driving along these like curvy roads and seen like a fire a forest fire in the distance like oh shit and then I realized it's not actually a forest fire it's the sunset shining through the trees at the right angle Mm. so which is kind of cool and I've heard this phrase of like oh when the sun hits this ridge just right the trees catch fire and like, now I'm like, oh, that's a literal thing. That happens for Z. So it's kind of cool to experience that. So.
4: Yeah.
1: I wish I'd written down a page number on this. I wrote, I guess this is why it's important for Weishu to put on a facade of perfection. To get the type of reaction out of people as Evie has. Because I think that she's like, how are we going to defeat this guy? Like He has... All these armies, and he's 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 the emperor of Yanjing. There's no way. Yeah. Um.
2: There's there was a comment of how how could Youngshi ever like defeat him because it's so small.
1: Yeah, and so I feel like he has very carefully crafted this image so that people are too afraid to challenge him.
2: I'm going to bring up that line specifically later on in mine, because I got a funny thing.
0: I, I do have a little spoiler, just on like military s- strategic things. You don't always have to beat an army to to, to win. You don't have to beat them outright. You just yeah. have to make them bleed enough to where they don't want to continue.
1: Page 177. Briar had a drink and looked around at the mess they had made. They and the Emperor soldiers of the beautiful Mountain Cove. And I just really like the environmental perspective. And it's just that, like, one little sentence. But it's a nice addition to me. Like, we're not only destroying each other, but we're also destroying the literal world that we're living in. And the last thing I wrote is, Briar doesn't have his shack hand.
2: Sad. You have so many people, and we're so small. Just gonna murder all of you, and we will just put you in an open grave because there's not enough room. Sucks to be you. That's how I picture Young She.
0: <laughs> you know, bodies um, make great fertilizer,
2: as we have found out. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't really sure when the thorn- thorns would stop growing. Rose thorn and Briar created very determined magic. <laughs> just. That is one way to uh, to state that.
0: It makes sense they're two very determined mages.
2: Yes, yes, they are. These were mountains for all they looked like hills close up. Like, I just, I love that line. I just, because living in the Ozarks like we do, I'm used to mountains. I, I've grown up on this mountain. Like Like, these are things that, like i am very used to and so like going to places that are very flat feel real weird like anytime that i go to like st louis or dallas or oklahoma anywhere they just have very flat landscapes in comparison and so it's like ah you know when i'm driving back i can feel going up and it's just like these are hills my hills (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the other day we were talking about elevation in my D group because we all live in different parts of the u.s and fake land canada <laughs> one of them lives at canada we joke that he lives at fake land but we're yeah, talking about ele- all like talking about elevations one of them was like i think indy's like the second lowest and i went nah nah and i was like This is what my elevation is. And they're like, you're the second highest. How did this happen? Like, that's because of where I live. (laughs) I live in the
4: mountains.
2: (laughs) But I just, I really liked that as someone who has grown up here, they look like hills to us. Because we've been here. And we know them. And we bitch about... (sighs) I bitch about one in particular every time I have to go up it because it's so goddamn steep and it's so fucking frustrating and annoying. But then I'm also like, bitch, you live on the side of a mountain. Like, stop bitching about it. Mountains are steep. <laughs> the other one is, after a moment, Evie leaned against Briar's shoulder. A glance told her Rosethorn had stretched out on the grass and cradled her head on Briar's knee. No. Oh. Do you want to lie down, Evie asked Briar. I don't mind. I'll just lean against you, he said. We can prop each other up. They're so cute. I love them so much. Ah! <laughs> like, and we see that same kind of, like, care and love when Briar's like, hey, can I take one of the horses and just have Evie with me so she doesn't fall off? And then hands like, hey, can... Rest like, side too with me, so she doesn't just like fall off. They both did big magic. They both are so sleepy.
0: They're sleepy, <laughs> E.B. <Sleepy
2: baby>. babies. <laughs> <laughs> and that was th- those. Those were my three that weren't stolen. <laughs> awesome.
0: Right at the beginning, where uh, we—I guess we kind of touched on drama, but god damn, fucking Evie, just like damn. I keep thinking about that guy's neck that I cut. And it just keeps popping up in her head. And all I could write was, uh, yeah, PTSD. Because uh
2: pretty traumatic thing to do to a person. It yeah. fucking sucks, regardless if you uh, are defending yourself. Like that, mm-hmm. that sucks a that, lot.
0: That'll fuck you up.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, God, I love Evie talking about the daggers she carries, because she carries three or five, actually.
4: Mm hmm.
2: And then the commentary of not knowing where all the Briar's are. Right?
0: Even she doesn't know. <laughs> Frankly, I feel like Briar would probably forget one at some point. Like,
3: <laughs> Yeah. And he, he had, goes to bed and like, oh, what's stopping me? Oh, I forgot about this night. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. what?
0: Because what was the count last time? Like eight or nine? Or were we up to I 11?
3: We up to like 11, didn't we?
0: That's like as many knives as, as I have in my collection. Like, not, yeah. not on my purse. It's, 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 it's a high number. Oh, yeah.
1: In Will of the Empress, I think it's... He removes nine knives, not including the ones in his boots. Richard. And I don't remember if it's two mm. knives in his boots or four knives in his boots. Uh,
2: yeah. He has
1: a
4: lot.
0: Again, with the kind of, like, strategic use of, of, of mages. Um, Evie making the smooth stone pass path under her horses and the mules, like, so they get better footfalls and, like, also the ability to, like, cushion the footfall so they don't make noise. Like, the implications for, like, a logistics train or just moving through areas that are less than permissible uh, are kind of staggering. Someone can just make a road where there wasn't one and then drive all your Supplies or people through it. That's huge. I can't explain really? how important that is.
1: And then can she make it unroad after them?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So then you don't even. Yeah, yeah it's
2: beautiful. She's insane.
0: They had tea because Rose Sorn is struggling to breathe in the high altitudes. I'm assuming that's like the oxygen deprivation thing when you're at high altitudes. Like, just have to breathe harder to to, to do it. And apparently, they have a tea they can just fix that. Like, does the tea give you more oxygen or something? Like, if it does, also. There
2: there are actually, like, medicinal things that you can take that help with your lungs. It helps them absorb the oxygen, like, your body absorb the oxygen more, like, properly. So it doesn't feel like you're suffocating. I don't know of any teas that do that, but I know that there are medications that do. And I'm assuming it's kind of like the same thing. It just helps your body. Uh, yeah, and there's the whole dying thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, she's had a lot of issues since that. Her lungs
0: are a little sleepy-eepy themselves, I guess. Yes, yes, they are. <laughs> um, When the whole group kind of comes across the uh, Yang Jingyi mages above them and, like, this is kind of huge, like when you're in that sort of situation, like scouting an area or trying to like sneak past something unnoticed. You have to pay attention to all of your senses. Because uh, yeah, sometimes you can just straight up smell stuff that you can't see or hear or notice any other way. And like they can apparently smell whatever uh it was bamboo, seaweed, vinegar, peony. Maybe definitely in it. But they can smell the mages and whatever good smelly stuff they were wearing
2: but, like up the hill. But you catch what all of it is that they smell, right? They're all plants. Yeah. Uh, or derived from uh, plants.
0: Uh I didn't even notice it. Yeah. When they're rescued and they get to the um to the kind of the first camp, the Gyeongxi and infantry ask if they can eat their chickens. Yeah, no, it was Evie and Briar were like, uh, you're not gonna like them. Not chickens, are not as tasty as you think. That just reminded me that cat meat was legal to eat in 44 states until 2018. So, just a fun little fact. And next, when they actually start eating their, their actual rations, uh, they describe the soldiers eating uh, a bowl of dough mixed with cheese and tea, which I thought was neat. And I had to look up, and it's, it's a Tibetan thing. It's called Tampa, or just pa. It's a powdery ball of dough made with butter tea and cheese. And it will choke you if you inhale while chewing. You have to like eat it without inhaling in your mouth because it's very powdery and dusty. And apparently when Chinese soldiers uh were in the area and they tried those rations like that, that food they would choke because it's just very dusty. Kind of dusty, cheesy, buttery oh. dough. Yeah. Briar was very uh very nice and not <laughs> and not just spitting it out
2: that oh, reminds
1: me a little bit of eating beignets
0: yeah that powdered sugar just goes everywhere
2: i forgot one because it's like the very very last line of this chapter the dislike of what could he say to her that would compete with the highest mountains in the world sorry right, just to throw that Scary. in there because i was like so, of- oh, that's one <laughs>
1: if one of those mountains is luvo does that mean that luvo is everest
0: I think there's a high possibility of that. <laughs> it could be K2 or something. Yeah.
1: I just like, from now on, when when people talk about Mount Everest, I'm just going to think of Luvo.
2: <laughs> oh, the Gummy Bear Mountain. Yeah, everyone is <laughs> the Gummy Bear Mountain. Well, uh, everybody the Gummy Bear Mountain.
4: Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
1: Part two of our three-step reading process is reading like a dedicate. This is where we talk about a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you find?
2: I didn't really find one. I mean, I don't
3: think I wrote one down. There's a lot of fighting. I wrote care or protection with Evie doing her magic to secure like a road for them to travel while they're going. I should I feel shows care and protection, um, and then her pulling having a landslide um, <laughs> when they get ambushed. I feel like that is also protection and uh, care. Also, whenever they run into the soldiers, um, Parahan and Briar put Ebby and Thorn onto their horses with them, so that's also care. Also, wrapping them up in blankets and putting them in front of a fire shows care. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of Care being shown throughout this chapter, caring about the cats, right? Uh, making them sure they get don't eaten. get eaten. <laughs> yeah, Very you're important. right. Yeah,
2: you're right. You're right.
0: The only theme that I found was, was the trauma and the everyone's kind of trauma bonding with uh, having to kill in self-defense. Yeah, trauma bonding. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, some of my best friends I've trauma bonded with, but uh, yeah, it's not not a uh, not ideal.
1: Common
0: and, uh, theme in this series as a whole. True. Very true. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you see it very profusely in Evie, but, you know, they also talk about how Rose, Thorn,
3: and Briar also have their moments of uh, uh,
0: night terrors from all the stuff they've seen and had to do.
3: Oh. I just got to point out it's really weird that the two writers of this group. Didn't come up with <laughs> themes this time. and Me and Goodwin actually had ones this time because uh-huh. it's usually me and Goodwin that are like, "Oh, uh, I didn't find one," and we both had
0: one. You know, I maybe, think. maybe we
2: should try writing. Huh? Maybe I don't you
3: know, maybe should. We just, maybe we should. It won't be very good, but I'll try. <laughs> hey,
2: listen, you got to start somewhere.
3: I mean, I could maybe. I don't know. I don't, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll just okay. cheer you all on. <laughs> blah, blah, <girl. laughs>
2: write books write Best stuff later we've ever had
3: Wait. <laughs> see
1: isn't that kind of how writing goes though you just write your shit and then later people are like ah oh, yes. yes the oranges represent and yes. you're just like no dude I fucking like oranges
2: <laughs> the blue curtain symbol nah bitch <sighs> they're just blue
1: I chose that color at random yeah <laughs> <laughs> part three of our three-step reading process is reading like a mage this is where we use the text to craft magic in our own lives
3: mine was when when they're getting ready to go and it says when they were ready rose thorn told parhan evie leaves and his eyes went wide with surprise he's like evie and rose Thorn's like you'll see go on girl like Don't underestimate children. I feel like we've had this discussion before. It's been something we've said in previous chapters and books and whatever. But Parahan is like, she's just a child. Like, what is she going to do? Why is she the one leading? And then she ends up using her magic to be able to clear the road out and to make sure that they don't make any sounds while they're walking through the... Are they walking through woods? I don't know. Wherever they're walking wherever is, she's making sure that they don't make any sound while they're doing it. And, like, don't underestimate her. And I bet he definitely doesn't underestimate her after the landslide that she pulls, too. So uh, don't underestimate people, especially if they're kids. Like, kids are able, capable of doing great things as well.
1: I actually didn't write one down for this either. Uh, which makes me wonder if I even finished my notes. I may have just, like, not. But um, we're going to go with Killing people is not a weakness. Not liking
3: killing people is not a weakness.
2: <laughs> there we go. There you go. We got close.
3: <laughs> I feel like that also could pertain to a lot of things, not just not killing, not liking not killing people. Not liking killing people is not a weakness. See, it's hard to say. Oh, mm-hmm. It is. It's a tongue twister. I-, I feel like that can pertain to a lot of things as well, not just about killing people. Like, people find things, weakness in a lot of different things, and doesn't make them weak, so I like that one.
2: A good way to sum it up is, like, empathy is not a weakness. Yeah. Caring for others is not a weakness. Like, I I made a commentary because someone said something, imagine somebody having a stupid take on the internet (laughs) uh, where I was just like, you don't have to look like someone or talk like someone or, you know, have the same beliefs as someone to say, you know, they shouldn't suffer. They shouldn't, you know, be killed for whatever reason, whatever arbitrary reason that you find. E- empathy is not a weakness, Brittany is a good mom.
3: Thanks, guys. I don't feel like it most days, but thank you.
2: You're doing your best.
3: I'm trying. Hey,
2: I've already said before, you're trying to break a circle of trauma. So, that is real hard to do.
1: Balloons. Balloons.
2: Balloons! If sometimes you fail, that does not make you a bad person. and I think that could be said about anything. Failing at trying to be better is not a flaw as long as you get up and you try again.
3: They see your
2: balloons, yes. I see your balloons, yeah. <laughs> Are you excited about your balloons? It's so stinking cute.
3: like, you.
2: I do feel like the uh, commentary you made in the side chat should be said
1: Oh sin in Judaism yeah uh sin in Judaism is well summed up as failing at trying to be better the word is related to it, it means something along the lines of missing the mark and is typically compared to an archer firing at a target
2: yeah. Just because you don't hit a bullseye your first try does not mean that you suck it. It (laughs) means that you need to keep trying to be better. Yeah, I I talk to my grandmother every week. I love this woman endlessly. Like she means everything to me. But we we have very different religious affiliations. We'll say. But I told her one day that my beliefs are you wake up every day and you try and be better than you were the day before. And if you have a bad day, it does not make you a bad person. It just means tomorrow you have to try to be better than the day before. She said something. I, I, it was essentially along the lines of, I have never looked at it like that. And I was like, I don't think that any just God, whatever belief you have, whatever religion you follow, whatever God you follow, I don't think a just God would punish someone for trying to be better. That that's what I told her. And she's like, no, like, I I like that view because humans are flawed. We are flawed by definition. Like, we fall and we do things that hurt others, intentionally or not. And, like, the trying to be better is this problem. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah see, yeah. look.
0: <laughs> I think it's attributed to Albert Einstein, but who knows, right? Uh, that you never fail until you stop trying.
1: I say this kind of thing a lot about um, prejudice, racism, sexism, homophobia, whatever, because... We have all grown up in a prejudiced society, and so we all have implicit bias. So having prejudice doesn't make you a bad person. It's how you handle it. You can embrace it and be an asshole to everyone. <laughs> or you can try and recognize that, like, well, I have this prejudice, and I want to try and, like, be better than what I have like absorbed from society.
2: Well, sometimes just what you got to do. You just got to try and work through your shit and be a better person. I think everybody needs to work through their shit and be a better person. Some people will not do this, mm-hmm. but some are
1: <laughs> Emperor try. Yeah.
2: Well, I was going to say there was a, a a thing I read about um the difference between like self-intellectualism and self-awareness there's there's a big difference between those two things self-awareness is knowing hey this thing about me and self-intellectualism is oh yeah i have this thing even if it's not self-awareness is wanting to be better self-intellectualism is more of oh i'm a terrible person for these things Mm -hmm. there's a lot of language about apologies and you know that need to be changed instead of i'm sorry you feel that way it's i'm sorry i made you feel that way that that is kind of one of those things of just like i feel there's a lot of language that needs to be changed especially Mm -hmm. about failing Mm -hmm. failing yourself failing other people Mm -hmm. just because you do does not mean you're bad Mm -hmm. it means you're human
1: this is actually one of the things that I really like about Powered by the Apocalypse games. Um, I don't know if all of them use this language, but several of them do, at least. When you fail a role, you mark potential. Yes. And then when your like potential bar fills up, then yeah. you get better. And I love that because yeah. it... It's um, mimicking the way life works. You mess up and you learn from your mistakes and you get better. And that's literally how the leveling up system works in these games. And I have always thought that's awesome. And I want to figure out how I haven't yet, but I want to figure out how to like utilize that mechanic in my classroom. Like I want to figure out how to, how to convert it into like a classroom mechanic yeah, with that language so that students understand when you make mistakes it's not failing it's yeah. potential
2: yeah you learn you cannot learn without making mistakes just period mine is taken specifically from the conversation between rose Thorn and evie pretty early on It's says uh, she had been so caught up in the picture of the dead man that she'd forgotten all the time she had been roused to the night by briar and rose Thorn crying out in their dreams sometimes we see our trauma i know i am so guilty of this i hate being this way When I do something in reaction to my brain recognizing my trauma and it affects someone else. Because we don't ever know what other people have gone through. There's shit I've been like, yeah, this is a thing I've gone through. But there's like a whole nother level to it that I don't talk about. Because like, there's a lot of baggage there and I don't really want to dump all of that, you know? But... There are reasons I don't like being touched. It's not just because of the way I grew up. It's not just my mother's incapability of being affectionate, but there are some people who are very touchy, and that is their love language. There's been more than once where someone I do genuinely trust and I genuinely love and, like, they've just come up and hugged me or, like, put their hand on me or whatever in, like, this affectionate manner. And I immediately respond out of trauma brain. I've I've gotten better at it, but I have a really good friend who he used to, like, come up in my blind spot and, like, put his arm around me. And my immediate reaction when someone does that is to just elbow. Even if I know it's literally only this one person, like it is a response to trauma, but he is a very affectionate person, like very physically affectionate. The point I'm trying to make is I know I do it and I know other people do it. We respond in trauma without thinking of, other people and how that could affect them you might not be intentionally trying to push your trauma on them but they might have you know oh they might be affectionate because they didn't they they had a similar upbringing to mine but it made them more touchy and physically affectionate whereas it made me the opposite and so like rejecting that affection could be like a oh god affecting their it's yeah i i don't think i'm explaining it eloquently but be mindful of you're not the only one with shit like you're not the yeah. only mm-hmm. one with baggage mm-hmm. and you can't act like you're the only one with baggage and yeah.
0: everyone's going through shit
2: yeah it's and, very
1: similar to what we see in melting stones
2: yeah
0: well i have a very deep and important Uh, personal message that i got from this chapter and it's try new things especially food you might like the yak cheese butter dough maybe give it a try never had thai food before go out and have a ban mi go get some pad thai go go try something new you never know you might like it you might hate it but at least you said you tried it yeah. Expand your horizons. Don't just eat chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Guess what? That's not nutritionally complete. You're mm-hmm. gonna die of fucking jaundice. Like Could it's I? gonna be. <laughs>
2: Stop fucking calling me out there. <laughs> Too bad. No, that's
0: bullshit. Wow. <laughs> you eat the food. the person who's
1: you're, making gumbo next week?
0: You're literally okay. making gumbo.
2: I was okay. gonna say, like. Also,
0: you la- have food out Don't don't. This is it's not a a story,
2: say, For though? the last four days, I've eaten nothing but crackers and cheese. And potato salad. That's it. That's all I wanted.
1: <laughs> we like to end our episodes with an excerpt from the following chapter. So this is an excerpt from chapter 11 of Battle Magic. Chapter 11. Fort Sambachu, Snow Serpent Pass, Yangshi. The sunrise was just touching the river the next day when the hills in the east ended in towering cliffs. They were free of the gorge. Half a mile on, they found a wide bridge that crossed the Snow Serpent River. They turned south and rode across it, off the main road. A lesser road following a deep stream took them to a short and jagged hill where Fort Sambachu was built at the feet of the Drimba Low Mountains. By then, Briar was leading Evie's pony. Her eyes were fixed on the soaring peaks ahead. In the gorge, the hills had obscured the mountains beyond. Here, Evi saw the immense snowy heights that stood between Yangshi and the realms of the sun. See those three? Kanbab asked Evi, pointing to the nearest mountains. According to the worshippers of L- Lani Ma, our sun goddess, those mountains are her husband's. The east one is Ganas Rigyalpo, the snow king. The west one is Ganas Gazig Rigyalpo, the snow leopard king. And the one in the middle is Kangri Skadpo. The talking snow mountain king. What does that mean, the talking snow mountain king? Briar asked. He wasn't sure if Evie even heard. Kanbob looked at Briar. I think the worshippers feel he is the most conversational of the Sun Queen's husbands. The Sun isn't a queen in the living circle, Evie murmured. Kanbob smiled at her. But this is Gyeongsi, the home of many faiths. Surely they told you that when you were here for the winter. Garmashing itself has more temples than even the god king can count, it is said. People come here to build at least one temple for their faith, because our realm is closest to the heavens and our mountains hold them up. And why do people want to be close to the gods? Evie wanted to know. Back home, Shaihun does horrible things to people. Kanbab gave Briar a strange look. Shaihun is a god of the deep desert, Briar explained. Is that Fort Sambachu or a temple? "'It's the fort,' Kanbob said in confirmation. "'Let those lowland creepers come against us there and see what they get.' Briar had to admit, the fort looked promising. Its hill and its towers commanded a view of the pass, the road, and the grassy plain for a good distance.' The curtain walls sloped inward and climbed the hill in steps, which would allow the archers on the highest level to shoot above the heads of those lower down. Around the outer walls, an army of five hundred or more tents was camped, flying banners in crimson, turquoise, and emerald silks. Evie yelped and reined up, almost forcing her mount to rear. Briar instantly reached for her horse's bridle, though he was trying to keep from pulling too hard on his own animal's reins. "'Wait! Wait!' Captain Rana called, raising a hand. It's all right. They are allies and welcome ones at that. Kanbab rested a hand on Evie's elbow. If you're this jumpy now, what will you do when we get to the war? She asked. We're just getting ready for it. Garmashing is where you'll find the real danger. Parahan rode up beside Evie. These these are Kanban poor flags, but not my uncle's or my father's. What is going on here? He dismounted and walked into the tent village. He'll catch up with us, Rana said. Come on, the general's waiting for you. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us. Molly. Brittany. Indy.
0: And Goodwin.
3: If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies.
0: You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
1: Find all our episodes at our new home on Acast. Shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from
2: you. Send us an email at Reading Circle at gmail.com. You
0: can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group.
3: To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram.
2: Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud.
0: Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening.
2: Let's all have coffee next week.
1: Uh, we'll see uh if we talk about the thing.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I
1: love Goodwin's face. I'm so excited about this.
0: <laughs> the thing, I love hearing about the thing. I can't wait till I hear about the thing.
1: <laughs> you will. You will enjoy
0: hearing about. You will enjoy
1: You you will enjoy the thing next next episode I'm when we record. I'm excited. And not in a oh, it's the thing, fuck us up type of way. No.
0: Ah, okay.
3: Although there is the other thing whenever- Oh god, sure. not the other thing! Ah! <laughs> oh.